Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now... With over 200 episodes made, originally airing on NBC Radio Network from 1944 to 1950, we bring to you Boston Blackie. Blackie, come on, wake up. Come on, wake up, Blackie. What's the matter, Shorty? Nothing's the matter, Blackie. There's an insurance man here who wants to see you. Well, tell him I don't want any. I told him that, but he says he don't want to sell you nothing. He wants to give you something. Yes, uh, $10,000, Blackie. Uh, who are you? He's the insurance guy, Blackie. I'm sorry to disturb you so early in the morning, Blackie, but uh, I'm Emil Barnes, agent for the Rodley Insurance Company. Well, that doesn't sound like any reason to wake me up. Then I'm going back to sleep. Uh, perhaps you'll open your eyes for $10,000? For that, I wouldn't even open one eye. No? No. Go away, little man. I'm sleepy. Uh, I realize that, and I hate to be so persistent, but... Uh, Blackie, I want you to do something for me. I, I want you to do something for me, too. Leave me alone. <laughs> I won't offer you money again, Blackie. Instead, I'll offer you a mystery. A mystery I'll guarantee you can't solve. And now, back to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. Barnes... You think there is a mystery I can't solve? Well, solving this one calls for an expert, Blackie. Is that so? Mm-hmm. Oh, Shorty, should I be modest or should I admit he came to the right man? Ah, oh, just be yourself, boss, and solve it for him. <laughs> Thank you, Shorty. <laughs> and now, Barnes, what's this mysterious mystery I can't solve? Uh, well, it's this, Blackie. My company carries the theft insurance for the Winthrop Jewelry Company. Now, almost every day for the last month, a diamond has been stolen from the workroom where the diamonds are sat into. Uh, rings, clips, brooches, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, there are three diamond setters in the shop, and we know one of the three is guilty. Which one? Well, that we don't know, Blackie. Nor do we know how the diamonds are stolen. You see, all three of the men in the shop are searched when they leave. They're searched at the end of the day, you mean? Yes. Well, uh, what about when they go out to lunch? They don't go out to lunch. All three of them bring their lunches to work and eat in the shop. They never go out during working hours, and no visitors are allowed to come in. Hey, I know a way to stop the diamonds from disappearing. Fire all three diamond setters. Uh, Well, I suggested that to Mr. Winthrop, the owner of the company, but he doesn't think that it's fair to the two men who are not taking diamonds. Mm, He has a point there. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you want me to do? Find out how the diamonds are being taken out of the shop. Now, understand, all three men are thoroughly searched. 
Not one of them has ever had a diamond on him. Yet almost every day, a diamond is missing. That's very intriguing. Mm -hmm. Who are these three men? Well, uh, there's Hans Van Houten. He's an expert diamond setter from Holland. Uh, he's been with the Winthrop Company for 20 years. Uh -huh. And then there's, uh, let's see, oh, uh, young John Glass. He's Van Houten's protege. And the newest member of the trio is Jim Aldrich, a young man from Georgia. I see. Well, I'd say you have two mysteries, Mr. Barnes. Yes? Who is taking those diamonds, and how are they being smuggled out? Uh, <clears throat> uh, Blackie, I've, uh, I've made plans for you to go to the shop later today as an employee of the Winthrop Company. Under another name, of course, uh, you'll be John Jones. You've made plans for me already, huh? Uh-huh. Pretty sure I'd take this case, weren't you? <laughs> yes, I was. The method of stealing those diamonds has to be ingenious. Uh, it must interest a man like you. Well, doesn't it? <sighs> Not much, Barnes. Give me 30 seconds to get dressed and I'll be right with you. Here is an order for three two-carat diamonds to be set in a platinum ring. Jim, this job I will give to you. Thanks, Van Hooten. Soon as I'm through with this polishing machine. Think you ought to trust him with diamonds, Van Hooten? Why not, John? I know why he says not to trust me. Glass here thinks that I'm the guy who's stealing the diamonds. John, you should not say such things. Well, one of us has taken the diamonds out of here, and I know I'm not, and I don't think it's you, Mr. Van Hooten, so who's left? I'm left. But either you or your pal Van Hooten can be taking them. Maybe both. How much are you selling them for, huh? Why, you dirty... Take your hands off of me! Sure, I'll take boys, my hands off. Boys, yeah, boys, please, please, boys, no fighting. Uh, it'll do no good to uh, fight. Fighting will not bring back the stolen diamonds. Fighting will not prove who is guilty of this terrible thing. We must not fight. I agree with you, Van Houten. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Winthrop. Uh, hello, Mr. Winthrop. Hello, it's Mr. Winthrop. closing time, gentlemen. You'll go out to be searched as usual. Right, yes, sir? Yes, yes. But before you go, I'd like you to meet a new employee, Mr. John Jones. He'll work in here with you. Hello, fellas. Hello. Mr. Jones, this is Van Houten. How do you do, Mr. Jones? He's in charge here, and this is his protege, John Glass. How do you do, sir? And this is Jim Aldrich. How do you do, sir? Hiya, Jim. You're sure going to like it here, Mr. Jones. We get searched like a bunch of thieves every time we leave work. But the diamonds keep disappearing just the same. Well, gentlemen, Mr. Barnes of the insurance company is in the outer room ready to search you. This won't go on much longer, though. No. Why not? You know who's taken the diamonds? Mr. Barnes told me this morning that he's on the verge of naming the guilty one. Thinks the case is as good as solved. Oh, he does. Now you'd better go in and be searched. Right. See you in the morning, fellas. Uh, right. So long. All right, Blackie. You're free to look around now. Uh, thanks, Mr. Winthrop. But I'd like to look around my way, if you don't mind. Not at all. Will you send my assistant Shorty in? Yeah, right away. Thanks. And let me know as soon as Barnes has finished searching those three, will you? I certainly will. It'll be some time, though. We make the search very thorough. Even use a fluoroscope. Oh, uh, Shorty, you may go in now. Oh, thanks, sir. Hi, Blackie. Hey, this is some swell joint, huh? This joint's go, Shorty. Well, let's look around. Okay, boss. But for what? Oh, nothing much. Merely a clue as to how one of the three men who work in this room managed to steal a diamond almost every day without being caught. Maybe the thief swallows it. No, short one. Not that way. The suspects are put under a fluoroscope. That would detect a diamond if they swallowed it. Oh. Well, where do we start looking, Blackie? Right here. Let's see now. Where are we? Right here in the middle of a room. And what do we see? Well, I see a small safe, 
A workbench and, and a door. That's the washroom, according to the sign. And I see two windows. Blackie, the windows. That's how the thief gets the diamonds out. He throws them out the window. Maybe you should have stayed home, Shorty. You know where we are? Sure, in this room. Do you know where this room is? It's on the 12th floor, and this side of the building faces the river. Oh. So? So I'm not so smart, huh? Anything thrown out the window would drop into the river. Now you're being a little bit smarter. Hey, what's this on the little wall here? Let's have a look, Shorty. Oh, just coat hangers. Oh, yes, and a shelf. This is where Van Hooten, Glass, and Aldrich put their lunch boxes. Lunch boxes? Yes, Shorty. They have their lunches right here. That proves the diamonds aren't taken out during the lunch hour. Hey, Blackie, that means the only time they could carry out a diamond is after work. And that's now, huh? And now they're being searched, but thoroughly. Just as they're always searched, but thoroughly. Hey, what's this thing here? Looks like a piece of corn, Blackie. I can just get it out of this crack on the floor. Eh. Eh. It is corn. Oh, I know how that got there. One of the three guys who work here had corn on a cob for lunch. Which reminds me, Blackie, I'm hungry. How much longer are we going to stay here, huh? Not much longer. I've looked the place over from top to bottom and haven't found anything. All we have to do now is wait for a report. Barnes has finished searching Van Hooten, Glass, and Aldrich, and that should be very soon. Gee, boss, how is that guy getting the diamonds out of here? I don't know, Shorty. This mystery is everything Barnes said it would be. The diamonds can't be thrown out the window. They'd be lost in the river. And they can't be carried out because all three guys are searched. They can't be hidden in here because there's no place to hide them. Uh-huh. Barnes himself figured that out a long time ago. Oh, Blackie. Oh, yes, Mr. Winthrop. Has Barnes finished searching those three? Yes, he's already left. You can probably catch him if you want him, though. We found nothing on the men. The fluoroscope showed nothing on them? Not a thing. Do you know how this has been done? You've searched them and found nothing? Uh-uh. You can search me. <laughs> All right, now, step back, all of you. Let me see here. Let me see. Ah, shot to death. What's the matter here, officer? Uh-oh. Stand back, mister. This fellow's been shot. That's Barnes, Emil Barnes from the insurance company. You know him, huh? Only slightly, officer. He was doing a little investigation for the Winthrop Jewelry Company. Oh, you don't say. He left the Winthrop Company just now, huh? Yes, and so did I. I was trying to catch up with him. But it looks like somebody caught up with him before I did. Mr. Winthrop, I'm Faraday, police inspector. I'd like to talk to you about the murder of Emil Barnes. Of course, inspector. Hello, Faraday. Blackie, what are you doing here? Believe it or not, Faraday, I work here. That's right, inspector. Work here? Blackie, you never did a lick of work in your life. Well, I haven't done anything since I first met you. I haven't had time. I've been too busy solving your cases. Come on, come on, why are you here? He's employed here, inspector, as a diamond setter. What? It's all very simple, Faraday. Even you should be able to understand it. You're here to investigate the death of Emil Barnes, aren't you? Yes. And I suppose you know who killed him. I do. One of three men, Faraday. Then Hooten, Glass, or Aldrich. Because one of these three is stealing diamonds from the diamond setting room. Stealing diamonds? What's that got to do with Barnes' death? Everything. Barnes was trying to find out how the diamonds were being stolen. He couldn't do it, so he asked me to try. I just started working. I suppose you've solved the case already. No, I haven't any idea how it's done. The diamond setting room is on the 12th floor facing the river, and all three diamond setters are thoroughly searched before they leave the shop. But the diamonds keep on disappearing, Inspector. Well, they do, huh? And what about today? 
Today, Faraday, I'll guarantee one thing. A diamond isn't missing. Blackie, you just guaranteed Inspector Faraday a diamond would not be missing? Well, I don't see how one could be. I don't either. But my inventory report shows that another diamond has been stolen today. Now, back to Boston Blackie. Blackie is involved in a mystery which even he feels that he cannot solve. Three men work in a diamond-setting shop from which a diamond disappears almost every day. The three men are searched every time they leave the shop, but no diamond is ever found on them. No visitors are allowed in the shop, and the only windows in the room, which is on the 12th floor, face on a river. To add to Blackie's troubles, Emil Barnes, insurance agent investigating the thefts, is murdered, obviously by one of the three suspects. As we return to our story, Blackie and Mary Wesley are in a small cafe having a midnight snack. Cheer up, Blackie. After you've had something to eat, you'll I don't up. deserve to eat, Mary. I'm sure this case isn't as tough as I'm making it. If I could just find a clue... <laughs> First find something on this menu, then you can look for a clue. Oh, all right. What are you going to have? Well, I don't know. I, um... Mary... Yeah. I, I, I told you about Van Houten, Glass, and Aldrich, didn't I? Now, which one of those three might be a thief and a killer? I think better after I eat, honey child. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, what are you going to have? Uh, you eat, Mary. I don't feel like it. I have all the food I want. And it's all for thought. This uh, kernel of corn, hmm? for instance. Now, why in the Darling, that... you can stare at that piece of corn if you want to, but you're going to feed more than that to me. That is bird food, and I'm a growing girl. Order the biggest steak in the house if it... Bird food? Mary, I've got it. Got what? The answer. I know how it's done. How... What was done? Where's the telephone? Well, it's uh, right in back of you. Come on, I'll tell you and Faraday at the same time. Well, hey, wait for me. Well, come on. Uh, uh, honey, honey, do you think it's smart to call Inspector Faraday in the middle of the night like that? I'm smart at all hours, Mary. Oh, aren't you modest? (laughs) No, just happy. Okay. Hello? Hello, Faraday. This is Blackie. Who? Your old pal, Blackie. Wake up, Faraday. Blackie, what's the idea of calling me up? In the middle of the night? Sorry, pal, but I can't solve your cases at your convenience. What case have you solved now? Uh, You think. I know how those diamonds get out of the setting room at the Winthrop Company. Oh, you do, huh? I suppose they fly out the window. They sure do, Faraday. Did you wake me up to tell me jokes? No, Faraday. To tell you the case is solved. The diamonds fly out the window. Yes, attached to homing pigeons' legs. Uh, sure. Huh? The guy ties a diamond to the leg and the pigeon flies home because that's what it's trained to do. Hey, you might have something there. I think I've got the answer. Those guys aren't searched when they go into the shop, only when they go out. I know that. How does the homing pigeon get into the shop? Well, the thief brings them in in a lunchbox. And the lunchbox is empty when the guy leaves because by that time the pigeon and the diamond have also gone out the window. Uh-huh. Look, Faraday, I want you to come up to the shop at Winthrop's tomorrow morning early and search those lunchboxes. Okay. But what if I don't find a pigeon? Well, then I have a second plan in that case. But you'll find a pigeon, I'm sure. And when you do, the little birdie will also tell you who killed Emil Barnes. (laughs) 
are having trouble polishing the diamond, Mr. Jones. I may help you, perhaps. No, thanks, Van Houten. I'm getting it. Hey, Jones. Yes, Mr. Glass? What was that Inspector Faraday doing here a little while ago? I don't know. I know. Do you, Aldrich? I think he was looking through our coats and lunch boxes for a clue. What's the matter, Aldrich? Got a guilty conscience? Not especially. Not much. Boys, boys, we must not argue. It will not help anyone. If one of us is stealing the diamonds, the police will... Uh, uh, answer the phone, someone. I'll get it. Hello? Mr. Jones, please. Just a minute. For you, Jones. Thanks. Here. Now let us get to work. There's much to do. Hello? Frankie, this is Faraday. Oh, yes. You wanted me to look in the lunchboxes, huh? Yeah. You said I'd find a pigeon in one of them. Yes. Well, what do you think I found in those lunchboxes? What? Lunch. No. Yeah, bird brain. Oh, look, where are you? In the next office. Okay. I want to try one more thing. What I told you to do last night. Check? Yes. I know what I ought to do. Forget you even exist. But I guess I'll go through with the rest of your plan. When? When? Now. You go back to your workbench. Just as if nothing happened. And I'll come in and throw you out. Swell. But make it look good. Oh, don't worry. I'll be enjoying every minute of it. Goodbye. Who was that, Jones? Oh, one of the guys in the accounting office downstairs. He thinks that I... Blackie! Would... What are you doing here? Blackie. Boston Blackie? Well, I'll be... I don't know what you'll be, Glass, but I'll be going. I'll say you will, Blackie. I told you last night to get out of this case. Well, you're all wrong. You're just getting in my way. And, and I was just leaving, too, Inspector. So your name is Jones, huh? Was. Spying on us, huh? Also was. We do not like spies, Mr. Boston Blackie. Uh, never mind that, Van Houten. I don't like guys who waste my time. And this guy's been wasting my time with a phony idea how those diamonds were being stolen. Now get out of here, Blackie. Get out and stay out. Okay, Faraday, you win. I was wrong. Huh? You admit it. You must be sick. I am sick, Faraday. Sick of trying to help you out of jams. You get to the bottom of this your own way. I'm going someplace and get well. Blackie, I'm glad you got back to your apartment before I did. I was afraid I'd have to wait out here in the hall. I just had to look around Aldridge's house, Mary. Huh? No pigeons. What did you find out about class? He lives at 47 Eastern Street. No pigeons. Not a sign of any? Not even a feather. Then everything depends on what Shorty finds at Van Houten's. Well, let's hope he finds something. He has to find pigeons, Mary. I'm sure I'm right. Because hmm. if I'm not, there's... No way in the world for those diamonds to disappear out of that room. Van Houten has to have pigeons or the whole... Or what? The whole... Oh, this is the slickest jewel robbery and the toughest case I've ever heard of. Uh-oh, I hope that's Shorty. I hope so. Hello? Hey, Blackie, this is Shorty. Yes, Shorty? What did you find out about Van Houten? Well, he lives at 5-3 Eastern Street. 5-3 Eastern Street, huh? That's just a couple of doors away from where Glass lives. Yeah. Yeah, but never mind that. What did you find out about Van Houten? Nothing. I couldn't get into his place. Why not? The joint was locked. Well, did you see any pigeons in the neighborhood? Sure, Blackie. But they was all over at the church and the firehouse across the street. Not around Van Houten's. All right, Shorty. Thanks. Uh, where are you going to be? I may want to get in touch with you later. I'll be at home, Blackie. All right, goodbye. So, Van Houten had no pigeons. Shorty couldn't find out, Mary. Which means that Van Houten is still a possible suspect. In fact, he's our only one. 
We know Glass and Aldrich don't have pigeons. Yeah, but Blackie, you know, you may be wrong entirely. You said Inspector Faraday didn't find a pigeon in any one of the three lunchboxes this morning. Oh, I have an answer to that one, Mary. Van Hooten, if he's our man, was playing it smart. While the heat was on, he decided not to bring a pigeon with him. But you think maybe he'll bring a pigeon tomorrow, huh? He might. I had Faraday throw me off the case, so he would figure that the heat was off. At least that's what I wanted him to figure. I'll see you later, Mary. Where are you going? To see how I can get our Holland friend, Mr. Van Hooten, in Dutch. Hey, Blackie. It's miserable up here. Why didn't you tell me we was going to stand up on a roof at this hour of the morning? janitor here told me yesterday that Van Hooten kept pigeons, so we're here to watch his pigeon coat. And, Shorty, anyone with any sense would know that it'd be on the roof. I'd rather have no sense and not be here. <laughs> You've got something there, short one. Hey, what time is it? 4.30. Gee, still plenty dark. And those noises the pigeons are making, they're plenty scary. They are to me, too. Now... Stand behind that chimney here. No telling when Van Hooten will come up for his pigeon. He lives downstairs, Blackie. How does he get up here on the roof? Through that door by the skylight there. Oh. Well, I better get back here behind the chimney with you, Blackie. He might be able to see me standing here. I doubt it. It's too dark. Uh, hey, look out. Don't push. Uh, sorry, Blackie. If you'd push a little harder, I'd be sorry and also dead. Look what's behind us. Ain't there another building next to this one? Yes. But it's a good ten-foot jump across through space to the next roof. And if you slip, it's a six-story drop through space. Oh, don't, don't talk about that, Blackie. Don't make me feel so good. Sorry. Say, uh, what do we do when Van Hooten shows? Well, Whaley gets his pigeon and grab him. Oh. Hey, Blackie, I'm smaller than you. I can sneak up without him seeing me. Let me grab him, huh? All right. But wait till he has the pigeon and... Then, hey, hmm? look. Somebody on the roof. Shh. But where'd he come from? Through that door there. I didn't see him. We were looking the other way, talking about falling down between this building and the next. Oh. He's over by the pigeon coat. The pigeon what? Shh. Can you see what he's doing, Shorty? Yeah. He's got his arm in that pigeon thing. Coat. A coat, yeah. Now what's he doing? Well, nothing yet. Yeah. He's reaching in a cubbyhole and grabbing a pigeon. Good. I grab him now, Blackie? No, no. Not until he comes out. He's coming out now. Where's the pigeon? I don't see it. Guess it's in his lunchbox. Hey, he's heading for the door down into the building. We'll grab him, Shorty. Quick. Okay. Grab him, Shorty. Grab him. What is this? as good as grab, Blackie. What is this? Stay where you are, buddy. Let go of me. No, no, you don't get away from me. Yes, I do. Hey, boss. Blackie, he's getting away. I'll say I am. Hold on, Shorty. I'm coming. I'm coming. Hey, Shorty, that wasn't Van Hooten. That was John Glass. Come on, let's get out. Okay, but he ain't hitting for the door. No, he's going to jump to the roof of the next building. Mikey, he didn't make it. I know. Step back, Shorty, or you may... Wow. That's the end of John Glass. Oh, gosh, Blackie, six stories down. Hey, Blackie, please stay away from that edge. Do you want to go down there after him? Yes, Shorty, I do. But I think I'll do it the long way. I'm going to walk down. Blackie.
Blackie, how many pigeons are there in this park? I don't know, Mary. Why? Well, uh, I want to know how many more pigeons you're going to feed before you feed me. Oh, you're not only hungry, but ungrateful, Mary. Thanks to a pigeon, I solved the most baffling jewel robbery I've ever come across. I take it all back. Uh, that John Glass certainly had a clever idea, didn't he? <laughs> a little too clever. He got the idea when he became friendly with Van Houten and saw how the homing pigeons came back from wherever he released them. He used Van Houten's pigeons to fly the diamonds back here, and Van Houten didn't know a thing about it. Say, what did he use for the pigeons to carry the diamonds in? A small round capsule. He found several of them in the uh, pigeon coat, and one with the diamonds still in it. Well, that certainly proved what you already knew, didn't it? Yes, it did. Too bad Winthrop made that remark in front of Glass about Barnes, the insurance man, having the case almost solved. That's why Glass killed Barnes. Hmm. Not too bad, and Barnes was just referring to your being in on the case, wasn't he? Yes. A shame. Hey, but there's one thing I would like to know. What? Well, you worked with those three diamond setters for a whole day and a half. How'd you get away with it? You don't know anything about diamonds. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know anything about diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.